Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, Thursday night, the weekend is drawing in. Hope you're well. Marco here from We Love Betting. Uh, here to lead the ship again towards hopefully some weekend value, some weekend winners from the Premier League and beyond. And with me to discuss the odds, the lines, the markets and all the movements in between is the long shot supremo, Tom Love. Tom, I would normally ask how you're doing, but I do speak to you pretty much every day, every hour of the day too. And uh, I probably speak to you more than my missus actually, so I won't bother asking you how you're getting on. <laughs> I know how you're getting on. Um, so instead, what's your favourite Christmas song? Well, this is a question that is on everyone's lips, I think, at the minute. They're not, <laughs> they're not bothered about bets. They're not bothered about long shots. It's all a load of rubbish. For me, Mark, it's just got to be Wham! Last Christmas. Um, nice. I think that George Michael, absolute legend. It's just one of them that you can't say that that isn't up there in anyone's top three. I mean, the Pogues are right up there as well for me. Another classic. Um, and I am... You know, a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine is uh, the legend that is Michael Bublé as well. Um, so, yeah, a bit bit of a soft spot for Boobs, but yeah, I've got to go with um, George Michael there. What a guy. Yeah, cracking song, cracking song. With us is, of course, the penalty professor, the card king himself, Will Dyer. Will, what's your favourite Christmas song? I had Tom down as more of a Cliff Richard fan, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> No, this is unoriginal. Like, oh yeah, I'm absolutely shocked. That, um, well, maybe not. It's, it's probably it's a, one of the biggest songs, isn't it? I'm also a massive Wham fan. Can't get away from uh, anything with a, an 80s sound or some kind of synth intro like Last Christmas. So same one for me, mate. Oh, wow. Superb stuff. Yeah, mine, mine tends to change from year to year, in fairness. I, I know that's not what you're supposed to do really you're supposed to stick to a christmas song for life but uh not for me uh, i don't really care i don't go play by the rules uh <laughs> this year uh i'm really into christmas rapping by the waitresses gets played quite a lot at the moment wonderful tune all the elements of a great christmas track and uh yeah love my christmas music and uh two well one good shout from both of you so <laughs> i'll let you off the hook buble will say no more about it tom unless you're <laughs> a week's ban from the podcast um Right, uh, before we do begin, uh, just wanted to make you guys aware, the listeners, uh, if you weren't already, that uh, myself and Tom run a member service called WB Gold. We've had a bit of a re-ramp, a bit of a refresh at the start of December. We now own our own channels under the same umbrella. Uh, and since we've made the changes, we are in great form, it should be said, uh, almost 70 units profit, almost 50% ROI at the time of recording as well. So. Um, We'd love you to give us a try. Uh, we're offering a free 30-day trial uh, for any time a new sign-up in December. Uh, so head to the Wheel of Betting website or check out the WRB Twitter page for more details. You've got until the end of the month to sign up and you'll get 30 days free access. Uh, never a better time, really, considering we're heading into the the hectic festive, festive schedule. Um, obviously, you'll also get access to, to all uh, our expensive performance data metrics. Uh, you get the podcast selections early um, before anyone else. You don't even have to listen to the podcast. Uh, and most importantly, we're uh, offering uh, bets and selections and prices that you can actually back and get on, which is the most important part. But uh, 
Right, um, let's move on to the games. Uh, no real standout fixture in the Premier League this weekend, uh, but we felt Man United's match with Leeds was probably the most interesting game to cover. The 4.30pm game on Super Sunday from Old Trafford. Uh, two old rivals meeting again in the Premier League. Should be tasty. Um, United around 8-11 to 3-4, to, to four, depending on where you're shopping. That's 173 to 175 in decimals. Um, we're recording on Thursday evening, so we don't actually know what's happened in their match at Sheffield United. Uh, Leeds just shy of 4-1. to one. So uh, we spoke about United last week. Uh, the narrative was very anti-United coming into that Manchester derby, which was probably one of the worst games I've seen this season, if not beyond. It was absolute gash and uh, a complete waste of time. It actually made me quite angry. But um, on the other hand, you've got Leeds, who have just been fantastic fun. Uh, at it again in midweek against Newcastle, a really entertaining game. Uh, you do wonder how their defence will cope against United's pace and their ability on the break and in transitions. But uh, I'm looking forward to this. Should be a really watchable affair. So, Tom, what's the play? Yeah, I think, well, if you asked any of my friends who are, who are Leeds fans that what's going to be the biggest game of the weekend, they certainly had this one down there. Really don't like United. I mean, it's a bit, bit of a running thing that um, Leeds don't really care about Bradford. But Man United don't really care about Leeds. So, yeah, this this is the big one for, for Leeds. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it's uh, a real feisty game. I'm hoping that it will be um, because they're the, they're the games that we all love to watch at the end of the day. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it should be a fun game. I think that the prices, I was looking United 8-11. to 11 With their home form, um, not for me at all. Uh, I'd be much I'd, I'd be much rather inclined to lay United at that price and play them that's for sure uh, also you've got to factor in that United are playing on the Thursday it's a it's a day less for them and um, yeah they, they've had a massive schedule as well something that's got to catch up with them at some point um, I know a lot of people say they've got decent depth in the squad but I don't think it's all that good, really. Um, not not as good as like a Chelsea would be, for example, uh, or Man City. So yeah, I, I'm looking at the prices here, and I thought that Leeds were a fair a fair bet. I, feel, I was hoping to try and get some four to one. It's just a shade under that at the minute, um, but I can certainly see that price possibly coming in, especially if United don't get a result tonight. Um, it's interesting to see they're going off around two, two to five tonight away at Sheffield United, which I think's very short. Um, you can point to their away form being good there, but at the end of the day, in over half of the games they've lost the expected goals battle this season. Um, they rank about mid-table on all the major metrics, whereas Leeds are, are right up there as well. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm not having United at odds on. Uh, I was looking at Leeds with a three-quarter goal start on my Asian handicap as my main player here. Um, it's just hovering around 10 to 11-ish, I think. I'd probably back that at anything above four to five, to be honest. I think that Leeds are more than capable of getting at least a point here. Uh, I think that they can cause that United backline a uh, very cumbersome, quite a lot of problems with the likes of Rafinha and Harrison looking uh, in good nick, especially on the break. And um, Bamford, really good with his movement inside the box. His anticipation levels are really strong. So, yeah, I think Leeds will score here. And if they do score, I don't think United have 
the home form there to notch quite a few as well. So Leeds plus three quarters of a goal on the edge and handicap will be my main player here. Um, it basically means that if Leeds avoid defeat, we make money. But if Leeds do lose by one goal, we only lose half our stake. So we're kind of limiting our losses, which is always something that I try and do, um, especially with an away side. So that'll be my main player here. Uh, but I was actually looking at the shot market in this too. And I was surprised to see you can get Leeds to have 11 or more shots at 5-6 to six with Betfair. I think that's very generous. Mm. Um, it's landed in 9 of the 13 this season. Leeds are actually averaging 15.3 shots per game, which is the third most in the league. Uh, and United are averaging over 11 shots against this season as well. So to see that not uh, more 1-2 to two is really surprising. Um, I think the 5-6 to six will get gobbled up, to be fair. But Leeds are a really odd team in, in this regard. I mean, I'd say it's coming in 9 of the 13. Two games that it didn't come in were against Liverpool, where they scored 3, and against Fulham at home, where they scored 4. So they only managed about 15 shots combined in those two games, which is remarkable, really. Um but yeah, I think that five to six is an absolute corker. And to be fair, I'm just looking at the the larger lines as well, and you can get least have sixteen Armar shots at ten to one. That's got to be worth around a unit play for me here. It's half the price with other firms at the minute. Um, so yeah, real standout price there with Betfair. They've hit sixteen Armar in five of thirteen this season. Um, so I'd probably have this more like a five to one. And even West Ham had 19 shots against United the other week. So um, a, a tired United side who could be on the back foot here. It'll probably play more into our hands if United do take the lead and Leeds have to come on to them. Um, but it, even Leeds on the break, we saw what they did against Newcastle with Rafinha, with Harrison, with Bamford and Quick all going forward. They've got energy in abundance and um, I think that they can really hurt this United side. So, yeah, I'm all pro leads here for my sins, but I'm going to take them plus three quarters of a goal on the Asian handicap. And I'm going to take them 11 or more shots at five to six and 16 or more shots at 10 to one. They're both with Betfair and Paddy Power. Really like that Leeds shots angle you've got there, Tom. Uh, quite interesting. A Bradford boy talking up Leeds. Um, mm. Will, what have you found for us in the Old Trafford game? I suspect you've got some great detail and insight on penalties or red cards or referees so far away. I do indeed. You've got crystal ball, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, on the on the one x two and handicaps wise, I I was a bit. I mean, because we're recording before this Blades game is being played. Was a little bit um, put off to kind of go into that market and I mean might have if I hadn't found another good play but yeah I mean it's probably unlikely isn't it but some you never know what can happen in a game you might get two key injuries if, if something happened to sort of Bruno Fernandes and I'd backed it now I'd kind of think that he could be a hugely integral player to to their performance so I've, I've swerved that for now um, and I did look straight at cards um, just yeah obviously because it's a renewal of a huge old rivalry um but there's a few stats that don't really make it look too good i mean anthony taylor he's had a mental campaign so far in terms of penalties and red uh, penalties and red cards but but yellows wise he's only averaging um 
2.67 per game, which is quite quite a way off his usual lifetime average of 3.6. Um, so, I mean, and and on top of that, Leeds are currently um, they might be fifth for cards received, but United are only 14th on on cards on most cards in the league. Um, and unfortunately, neither side as well is actually drawing many cards against them. Um, United are 13th and Leeds are 15th. So I reckon that the line of, of over 3.5 cards uh, being about 8, 8 to 11 probably looks about right. I, it probably would normally be lower than that if it wasn't really a slight uptick maybe for the for the derby factor. Um, did have a brief look at player cards as well because um, Matthew's clip and um calvin phillips have both carded again in midweek and they're now both on on four cards so they're they're one away from suspension um that that one match ban would reset after 19 games so you're probably un- they're unlikely to make it to 19 games without missing some game time you get a lot of people looking into whether or not a player might like to take their yellow now and be available for a more important fixture but i guess um i just kind of I would have considered it more if the prices were anything worth getting involved in, but those two, they look to stand out. And have Christmas off. That was the narrative (laughs) that normally goes around at this time of year. Yeah, true. Um, Yeah, I'd get involved if they were basically already the the two of the shortest players. They're 19 to 10 for Phillips to be carded and 14 to 5 for for Klitsch. So, um, swerved swerved on the cards, really. It, It could obviously get going, but yeah. It's a renewal of a. We haven't seen this tie for 16 years in the top flight, at least. Anyway, I think they've had a couple of meetings in the cup since. But um, yeah, in fact, actually, in their last meeting, I think Holly Gunner actually scored, um, came up, coming off the bench, no less. So, uh, which is class, classic OGS. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I, I went to penalties though. Um, Anthony Taylor's given. We we talked about him. We in previous podcasts, he's had a ridiculous start to the season with them, and it's it's slowed slightly, but he's still given eight in nine games now. Um, and yeah, lifetime wise, he is also up. He's up there only with Mike Dean um, on on pens per game. They both sit around one in three, so zero point three two pens per game. Um, and yeah, so. United have actually conceded four penalties this season, which is uh, the third most, um, which might surprise people, uh, specifically just because I guess the landscape kind of seems to have shifted on this. Like everyone was talking up how, um, as well, Liverpool have conceded now the the joint most, and people calling them Liverpool and all this, all these silly jokes around it. But last season they'd only conceded one penalty, uh, Liverpool, and now they've got five already after 13 matches. Um, and everyone, obviously, with the focus was on United being awarding a lot, a lot themselves. Um, but they're actually conceding a fair few too now. And um, in fact, they've only been awarded half the amount that Leicester's, Leicester have with a quite ridiculous amount, um, eight, eight penalties for Leicester in 13 games. So I kind of now was basically not only considering this from a, from a Man United angle of penalty, but I, I looked at Leeds um, potentially getting one themselves. Um they're quite a tricky team. United have made, you know, they're making, they've kind of had a catalogue of errors at times at, at the back. Um, and you can get, um, you can only get 13 to 2 on Leeds to score a penalty. But on Bet, Bet, Bet Victor's um, method of goal player market, you can get 19 to 2 for Matthew Klitsch to score a penalty. So just, just a tick under 
uh, 10 to 1 at Bet Victor, which is, looks great value. Um, so I'll be having a play on that as my kind of uh, one of my small plays. And then I know that Tom's keen on, on United to come from behind potentially tonight as well against Blades. Mm. And um, yeah, I had a I had a go at that last week on in the Man City game, which as as you said, Mark never got going at all. But um, I think there's definitely cause to look into that again here. Leeds matches are averaging the highest in the league, uh, 3.54 goals per game. Um, so every, everything that we'd hoped for from Leeds getting promoted is kind of coming true of them being great value for money. Um, and so Leeds, Leeds to score in the first half, um, or Leeds over 0.5 first half goals, and United over 0.5 second half goals uh, is 9 to 4. Um, which is just a bit shorter than it was last week when we played it with uh, played it against City, um, and that's with William Hill. And yeah, I mean, I, I rolled out the stats last week. They've still they've conceded the first goal United in seven of eleven Premier League games, um, and they've won the second half in six out of eleven of, of the last eleven. Anyway, I, I don't know why I'm missing one or two games from there, um, but I'd expect there to be goals in this tie based on. Yeah, both type, both teams' styles. It just feels like it could be quite an end-to-end game. Um, and again, maybe United with a slow start. They're playing tonight. Maybe another two days off again between that. So so I'll have a go on that one, as well as the Matthews Klitsch to score a penalty. Okay, nice one. Great analysis as ever. Well, um, let's move on to Europe now. Tom put his poll out on Thursday. Uh, Leverkusen, uh, the Bundesliga leaders at the moment, uh, their game against Bayern Munich, the European champions, uh, won the vote, uh, which is on Saturday evening, I believe. Uh, Bayern are just bigger than three to one on home soil, and Bayern around four to five. Um, I think we've seen this kind of game before when you feel like Bayern might be beatable, you feel like they might be vulnerable, uh, and a challenger kind of rises from the pack, and you expect them to give Bayern a real test, and then I guess Bayern just turn up and wipe the floor with them. and we go back to where we were at the beginning. But uh, I don't know, is this game going to be different? Uh, Leverkusen were trashed by uh, Bayern after lockdown uh, back in the summertime. So I'll stay with you, Will. What's your thoughts on this match on Saturday evening? Is there a best play, a best bet to play here? Yeah, um, they has gone under the radar a little bit, I think, with Leverkusen's uh, performances. Um, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they... they they were trashed twice, I think, in the summer against Bayern 4-2, both occasions, once in the cup final, once in the league. Um, but things, I guess they're, they've, they've had to change things up a little bit going forward, particularly they lost Kai Havertz and Kevin Volland, which were the top two scorers of the last campaign, both scoring double figures for goals. Um, and yeah, they, I mean, they've brought, well, they've not brought in, but they've just, players have picked up the baton really from them and, Moussa Diaby looks um, a really good player for the future. He's now scored three in his last five, so he's hit form. I think Leon Bailey scored a brace last time out. Um, and Lucas Alario has, has been firing. And, I mean, they've done all this as well with quite a few absences. Um, Demibe, Karem Demibe and Edmund Hapsoba, they were both out for a while. Um, Aranquiz, who's who's been amazing for the club, um, has been out since mid-October as well. So I think it's really impressive that they've done this, they've had this form. And it's not only obviously in the league, it's also in the Europa League uh, where they won their group. They've only lost one game in 18 matches and that was in that group away in Prague. Um, but 
against a, a very good team, Sparta, I think, at the moment. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that they they have got a chance of winning this, but I'd probably make the prices about what I'd expect, really. Bayern four to five, like you don't normally see Bayern anywhere near that big. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't risk chance my arm uh, at Leverkusen just below three to one, really. Um, they haven't been tested as much as they will be here, obviously. They do have maybe some opportunities against Bayern going forward. I definitely would expect them to score Leverkusen, given that um, Kimmich is still out. So they're kind of playing a bit of an unconventional back four uh, with Nicolas Sula on the right side. Um, I think Davies could could return on left back, but he does have a natural replacement anyway, really, in, in Lucas Hernandez. But um, and just the Boateng never fills me with confidence as well. And there's been actually some errors from from Manuel Neuer as well this season. So even though tonight or this weekend, sorry, I think he can um, equal Oliver Kahn's clean sheet record in the Bundesliga. So um, yeah. This fixture as well is also one over the last few seasons. I know I, I I did actually look at the massively looked at the head-to-heads when we would when we went through Bayern and we, um, Leipzig preview, and it ended up coming back to bite us with I think a tipped under three Asian goals at, at seven to four, and there were there were four goals after thirty six minutes. So <laughs> we we. <laughs> Sometimes I'd rather that happen and you're just you'd be blown out of the water and it's like, oh, at least I was nowhere near rather yeah, it's, than... It's the better than the, than the last minute goal going against you. Yeah, right. So that was... But we did obviously... We did kind of talk up Leipzig a lot in that and obviously they managed to get a draw out of it um, and they, they definitely found some weaknesses in Bayern and you'd expect really that Leverkusen can do the same from an attacking perspective. Just not sure how they'll hold up defensively. So I think what I was looking at as well when I looked at those head-to-heads is the, the just the goals have been ridiculous in this fixture way more than they obviously were in the Leipzig one where we actually said that they managed to hold on to a few nil-nils. There's been um, over 2.5 goals and both teams to score has landed in seven of the last eight head-to-heads and actually um, sorry in all of the last eight head-to-heads um, but actually in seven of those eight as well there were over 3.5 goals. So and that's actually a um, an odds against play, uh, so you can get eleven to ten on both teams to score and over three point five goals with with Bet three six five and William Hill. I, I didn't actually have time to do some shopping around on all the bet builders, so there might might be a smidgen more value in some places. Um, but yeah, they they welcome back Alario. As I said, he he came off the bench last time out um, from injury, so they've got all of their attacking options back and. And I mean, I just I don't think you know Bayern won't approach this from their typical you, you know they won't take a, a Mourinho kind of style approach, thinking that uh, a draw here is good for the title. I, th- I expect Bayern will still smash past everyone at some point soon. Um, so I don't think they'll allow play. They don't. They won't see a draw as a good result, like like you would in a quite a competitive league. Unfortunately, I still feel like the Bundesliga is a couple years away from. Or maybe never, <laughs> maybe never going to be competitive uh, for titles. But um, Dortmund obviously not looking great as well at the moment after a heavy defeat to Cologne. So yeah, um, just a goals-based play for me. No, nothing on the no side in with either team. Okay, uh, we'll move over to Tom now. Uh, I think Bayern were around four to eleven 
when they played Leverkusen in the summer, four to five, does that appeal to you of buying beatable? Or are um, Leverkusen actually quite a big value price uh, at the, what is it, threes uh, at home this weekend? It's a real, really interesting betting heat, this. I was looking at it and I noticed that buying were much shorter back then. Um, but they're looking a bit tired to me from what I've seen. Um, they've not got that verve going forward as much as they did at the start of the season. Obviously, it's been a much longer season for the likes of Bayern who've had to go into the summer and then pretty much go again. Um, they've been without the likes of Davis, No Kimmich here as well, which is a huge blow. He's a massive player for them. And yeah, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Leverkusen. So as much as that Bayern price will tempt a few in, um, it's shorter. But um, I just think Leverkusen, it's very hard to back against them at the minute. And given the fact that Bayern have conceded in every single away game this season, including the Champions League, then you, you've got to have, if you are keen on Bayern, then back them to win them both teams to score at a bigger price, around 2-1. to one. Um, I, I won't be getting involved with odds on quotes about them. Uh, but it, it's pretty straightforward for me here, Mark. I think that over three and a half goals on the Asian goal line is even money with Bet Victor and Marathon Bet. And that's kind of what I was hoping for. Um, if it was odds on, I probably wouldn't bother. But evens or better is a, is a play for me here. It's landed in 67% of Bayern's away games this season in the league. As I mentioned, both teams of scores landed in every Bayern away game as well this season. Um, and if you just look at Leverkusen, they're absolutely flying. They've won eight of the last nine. Um, they're balancing the league and Europe really well. I think that they've benefited from having quite a deep squad. If they didn't, then the injuries to the likes of Palacios um, and a few others that they brought in last summer uh, would really tell, but they've not so far. And with the likes of Florian Wirtz coming through, the youth team there, he's been unbelievable uh, for someone so young. Quite a player that's destined for bigger things for sure. Um, they've, they've actually won 13 of the last 15 if you include all competitions by Leverkusen so yeah Develk self have been unbelievable they've scored 3 or more in each of the last 5 as well and incredibly they've scored 4 or more in 7 of the last 14 so they're scoring for fun so you can't really back Bayern given Leverkusen have been hammering in the goals and Bayern have been conceding away from home so yeah, I wouldn't really want to take either team to win because they've both got such such uh, attacking threats. I think that the goals just has to be the player here. I'm not, I'm not usually someone to go up to a 3.5 line, but um, I'll make an exception for this. I do think that'll come in a bit. I've seen that Bayern are drifting at the minute as well, which I'm not too surprised about. Tapsoba could be back as well for Leverkusen, Demirbay as well. Uh, Alario and Schick good options up front so yeah I can't really back Bayern at odds on to be fair um, another interesting angle that did kind of pique my interest here was Leverkusen to score in the first half which is even money um, with a few bookmakers just think Bayern have started quite slowly they're reminding me a bit like Man United um, they, they've come on strong in the second half, but they've 
they started poorly and, and quite often they've had to come from behind to win. Um, so yeah, I thought that even money was nice and they're actually 11-2 to two with Bet365 to score two or more in the first half. And given how, how good they're going going forward, I think that it could be worth a, a little tickle on that as well if you want a bit of a bigger price. So yeah, I'm all about the goals here. I think Leverkusen can score um, a couple... They've scored two or more in the last four home games against Bayern as well, so they've got that going for them. Um, uh, something that's bit, uh, a bit annoying with the Bundesliga is the, the referees don't get announced until the day of the game, so any kind of card-based bets we're kind of waiting on. But I would be looking at um, maybe a bet builder getting cards and goals on side here. Bayern have actually collected two or more cards in all but one away game this season. Um, so that's what five out of six. The only one where they didn't was against Stuttgart, which is a real outlier. Um, and Bayer Leverkusen have picked up uh, at least one card in every game this season as well. So if you could get like both teams to score and each team to have a card, anything above four to five, I think that's a, a massive play as well. So yeah, really looking forward to this. I'm going to be watching this one for sure probably going to be the game of the weekend and I'm expecting it to be end-to-end with two brilliant attacking teams. Lovely stuff. Two sort of nods towards a goal-heavy game in the Bundesliga in the big European game this weekend. Like it. Uh, Now, before we get to the good stuff, just another plea to you guys, the listeners, if you're able to, just give us a little share on social media. If you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd be eternally grateful to have your support as we try and grow our listenership. Um, But uh, that's all I'm asking. Just a little retweet if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Um, business time. We're going to go to the naps, the next bests, and the long shots in reverse order. Back to you, Will, for your long shot, please. Yeah, um, I got championship play, and it's one that's just it's just a real weird streak going on in in Brentford games at the moment, and well, conveniently as well, Reading games, and they 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 face each other this weekend. Um, but yeah, Brentford are on a mad run with. Five of the last six games have seen a red card. Um, clearly playing a type of football where their opposition are under a lot of you know, pressure to, to kind of commit fouls to, to prevent them playing their style, as we all know what kind of style they deploy. Um, and yeah, so four of those five reds in their last six games have been against them. Um, only one for them. And interestingly, Reading are the only other team in the championship with more Reds against them this season. So they've had five against them so far this campaign. Um, So these two as well, yeah, drawing the most cards in the league. 45 yellows um, have been committed against Reading um, and 41 against Brentford. Uh, So overall, basically, with those Reds and yellows combined, we're seeing 31 booking points per game against Reading and 29 against um, Brentford. Obviously, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that when these two face each other, it's going to play out the same way. But on that basis, you'd be looking at a ridiculous 60 booking points, which would be a very high line for a championship game. Um, There's not don't normally average anywhere near that. But um, they are quite clean teams, actually, for committing fouls themselves. Um, So I basically have worked out. I think we'll be expecting around 43 booking points, not 60. but a red card just looks a very nice play when you when you also combine that um, Kevin Stroud is the ref. Uh, he gives a red card in in 0.17, uh, so just shy of one in five. 
um, which makes him the ninth highest for Reds per game in of of, of um, thirty four active Championship refs at the moment. Um, and yeah, when you look into when you look into fouls as well, the same kind of metrics stand up. Reading are the most fouled team in the league. Um, so I mean, everything kind of points towards maybe a potential for this. And obviously, these two are side by side in the league as well. So quite an important. Uh, meeting. I know that Reading were missing a few key players in their defeat to Norwich uh, last night, um, and and we also talked about earlier in the season of, on the XG that they were quite um, overachieving, but they have held themselves quite nicely at recently. So I don't think, you know, I don't see this being a a one-sided affair. It could be quite an important result for either team. And with these trends, both having the most cards against them, the most reds in their matches, I think, yeah, 11 to two for a red card at William Hill um, is worth a shot for a long shot. It it obviously could just turn out that um, because they're just the both foul teams, but they don't commit the fouls themselves. And and if neither can get up ahead of steam, then then maybe this fizzles out. But I think think it's worth a go at, at that price. Yeah, good case. Very well made, mate. Um, Tom, 28-1 to 1 long shot winner last week. I uh, don't know what your record is at the moment, but you've been banging them in all season. So uh, looking forward to hearing what you've got to say for your long shot. Yeah, I, f- I think that's far we've landed in the last kind of six or seven weeks, which is brilliant, really. A couple of 10-1s, to ones, an 8-1 to one, and a 28-1. to one, So that's the kind of good things with these long shots. I think that if you get one or two in, you kind of set up for the season then, um, and you kind of got a free ride at it. So, yeah, it, mine's kind of coming right back uh, into the Leeds Man United game. Actually, um, I'm buzzing that Will kind of mentioned that he liked the look of penalties here, and mine's a bigger price um, in the same game. It's actually both teams to score a penalty. Which, if you go on the bet Victor um, function that Will mentioned, uh, the method of goal, it's 34 to 1, which looks really big. Um, I also noted down that Taylor is given 11 pens in 13 games this season. But what really stood out to me is he's given two or more pens in four of nine in the league, which is a bit weird. It kind of says to me <laughs> that it. He's wanting to kind of even stuff up. So maybe the psychology of uh, Anthony Taylor is kind of um, making him think that he's got to kind of balance things when when he does give a penalty and it might be a bit dubious or he goes to VAI, he might feel like a bit more inclined to give one the other way as well. So um, I just looked into the games that Taylor has officiated this season and weirdly, um, two games where this exact bet landed were Taylor in charge of the Man United Spurs game uh, and Taylor in charge of the Leeds against Fulham game. So it was two games involving these two sides where this bet has already won. And given we're still quite early early on in the season, um, that really did kind of strike me. So to get 34-1 to 1 on this um, with him in charge, giving... Uh, multiple pens in four of nine as I said it's got to be worth uh, a play here I'd have this more kind of 20 to 1 or 22 to 1 Um, I'd probably take it anything 25 to 1 or bigger 
I'm not sure if anywhere I'll be offering both sides to be uh, awarded a pen if you just wanted to take that instead of relying on them to score. But a penalty to be scored is about an 80% chance, uh, 75%, 80% chance. So I'm willing to take the bigger price there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, Will's kind of outlined most of it for me. But yeah, I think that both teams to score pen 34 to 1 in bet Vic, with Bet Victor. It'll be interesting to see what Will thinks about that. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think usually they price up um, Betfair and uh, Paddy Power price up both teams to be awarded a penalty in their like odds on that and what right. Paddy what odds Paddy markets that probably be about twenty to one, I reckon, maybe a bit less. But I mean, let's see really whether Bet Victor are a massive outlier. They might be, which definitely value for sure if it is thirty four. Nice one, got lads in agreement for pens uh, in the Sunday game. Uh, you mentioned Anthony Taylor being a bit weird. I think all refs are are weird anyway, but uh, he is certainly <laughs> one of the, one of the more weirder ones of, of all of them. Uh, just the way he looks, I think. Anyway, um, move on to the next best. Uh, not your nap. You see, next best. Uh, Tom, I'll stay over you. So far away. Yeah, I really like this. Actually, it's a market that I don't usually put up, um, but it's uh, any time goal scorers. I'm going to head. To, I'm going to head to. The VfL Wolfsburg versus Stuttgart game in Germany, and I think the player that's just too big for me here is Wout Weghorst, who's the striker for Wolfsburg. He's 13 to 10 any time with Skybet. Um, he's around odds on in many other places, so I'm not sure if that price will last. It's a, re- a real standout to me. I'd make him more even money. Um, he's one of my favourite strikers in Europe. I've, I've got a bit of a man crush on Veghorst. He's one of these old school number nines. Um, big, he's around six foot three. Great in the air, but he's mobile. His movement in the box is excellent. Um, his anticipation, powerful strike on him too. Um, and yeah, I can't believe that he is this price. To be fair, he's scored nine in eleven this season, which is brilliant work and it's always worth checking with, with players and how often they're scoring is it sustainable so check out their expected goals figures as well and it does tally up for him he's on 8.5 expected goals per game so he's kind of following um, the, the right path really he's not getting lucky he's um, just being as efficient as you should be really and that's only bettered by Lewandowski and Andre Silva in the Bundesliga. So he's third highest in the league in that um, regard. And yeah, he, he's kind of the main striker for them up front. Look at him last season. He had a better in better than one in two record, 16-30. Uh, and uh, I've been really impressed with Wolfsburg. Veghorst uh, especially was good in the, the last home game against Bremen, that 5-3 thriller. Uh, popped up with a couple, and Wolfsburg have actually won the last four at home, and they've scored two or more in seven of the last eight. So I think if Wolfsburg can score two here, I'd expect Vukvegkos uh, to get a goal, um, or at least a goal. I'd be looking at him for a brace and a hat-trick as well, and just split your stakes accordingly, but I think the 13-10 to 10 looks a, a cracker. Um, just like on Stuttgart, they've They've been really good going forward. We saw what they did at Dortmund, didn't we? And um, they've been brilliant to watch this season. I've stuck out coming up from the Bundesliga Zwei. But defensively, I've still got a few issues with them. They've conceded in all but one game this season. 
um, and they are pretty gettable because they are quite attack-minded themselves. So I'm expecting quite a few goals in this game, uh, given how how prominent goals have featured in both kind of last eight games for both teams. But yeah, I'm expecting the big man to get on the score sheet. And 13 to 10 with Skybet looks like a a really nice angle in. Um, I, I'd probably back that down to around 11 to 10. Nice one. Over to you now, Will, for your next best. Yeah, um, Peterborough won last week to make it 7 out of 10 for this, so decent strike Oof. rate at the moment. Um, made it yeah, out of canter against um, Rochdale. Um, yeah, so I watched uh, Liverpool last night against Spurs, was thoroughly impressed with them. Um, football versus anti-football. People point out, oh. yeah, but I, I love anti football, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Liverpool um, go to go to Selhurst Park on Saturday lunchtime, I believe. Um, quick turnaround again for them as well, um, which I'm sure Klopp will probably be moaning about. But um, yeah, that, that's uh, that's a big part of this angle. I know we talked about this against Leicester. Um, how the price was just it just seemed like it had gone too far on the drift and i just there's a lot of media um on pressure on well not pressure but maybe overstating this injury crisis and and klopp and and then other people just kind of pointing out and um it just i mean the 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 front three has been so solid consistent wise and that's obviously one of the key parts of their game like Firmino, Mane, Mane and Salah are almost always there they're still there right now um and really it's just been at the back and uh, but now they have Trent Alexander-Arnold back at right back and Robertson's been there throughout um the real kind of area that we're, we're all focusing on I guess is is um the centre-backs and Reese Williams and Fabinho will probably be the, the two for the weekend because Matip is is doubtful now um, but since um, Van Dyke's injury, I think they've only conceded nine goals in 13 games. So Fabinho, while he's not an orthodox centre-back, he's so comfortable on the ball. And I expect against Palace, they're going to get very little occasions where, you know, he's going to spend a lot of the time on the ball, um, which is, if anything, they're playing to his strengths, really, um, in in, the, in this game. Um, you know, we we expect probably... Palace to to kind of emulate or try and emulate what Spurs did um, last night, and I doubt they'll be able, they'll be up to up to scratch kind of on the same level of them um, in terms of being able to achieve that. Um, it'll be Liverpool probably from start to finish. Um, Quieta was um, exceptional um, against uh, Spurs for Palace, um, and barring uh, like a twenty minute lapse in intensity from from Spurs in that second half. Um, I did think Spurs were probably, they were my nap last week and I think they probably did just about deserve to win that one. But um, yeah, and it just, I feel like the the price is probably again drifting really on, on the basis of these injuries and they were actually the same price last season in this fixture. So they're about, they're about um, one to two, eight to 15 maybe in places. Um, but when they played this fixture last season, it was at the big kind of, mid maybe early part of this exceptional run that they've been going on um it was in november uh so the title was still quite far away from them at that point and although they had hit massive form um i just kind of what i do is i've compared this to to man city 
And Man City, when they last played at Selhurst Park, were one to five, which just I can't I, I can't get my head around. I mean, I, we, it's all on the data, I guess, basically on XG. But but Liverpool are just so consistent, um, way more consistent than Man City that I would I'd probably have I wouldn't have Liverpool one to five. I wouldn't have Man City one to five either, really, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I rate Liverpool higher than than City. Um, to be so even potentially even with injuries at the moment so I think one to two is probably a bit unfair they obviously have just drawn their last four away games they weren't great against Fulham um just didn't really seem to I think maybe Fulham caught them off guard a little bit and Fulham are actually quite a lot better footballing side than people people realize um that's kind of coming true now I guess with some some decent results for them um and yeah, so I'd probably have Liverpool maybe four to eleven, um, which means I think that there's a little bit of juice in the price. Um, I do think that they'll get back to winning ways on the road. Obviously, the home form has been exceptional. Um, another late goal last night to to t- send them back to top of the league. Um, plenty of options in midfield. It's just a defensive area where people are maybe I think overreacting. Um, and Liverpool minus one on the Asian handicap is just big, just a bit bigger than um, five to six at Bet three six five. So that is the same same bet that I, I often kind of look at with just in a game where I fancy a team could could quite easily um, get get ahead, um, but I want the security of if they win only by one. Um, so. So yeah, with Bet365, Liverpool minus one Asian handicap. And yeah, if they win by one, we get our money back. If they win by more than one, uh, full stakes pack. Plenty of faith in the defending champions when they go to Selhurst Park from Will this weekend. Right, best part of the show now, it's the naps. Uh, I'm going to go straight back to you, Tom, for your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick in League Two. Um, two teams that have really impressed me this season. Uh, Forest Green and Carlisle United. Um, Carlisle, a team that I've got involved with quite a bit this season. Obviously, we had them up as our nap against Bradford and and that copped. So I'm happy to keep the faith with them. And I'm really surprised, actually, that you can get 9-10 to 10 or 1.9 with Bet Victor on both teams to score in this game. I think that's an absolute corker. Um, just looking at the data of both sides this season... Um, Forest Green are actually top for expected goals ratio, 64.9% uh, share, which is really strong. They've been good on the data even last season. Um, so they, they clearly take quite a keen eye on how they're performing um, from a statistics point of view. And yeah, they've been peppering the goal. They got a good win against Cambridge last week. Um, and they're, they're kind of hitting hitting a bit of form now. Um they're averaging 1.6 expected goals for this season, which is really good. Um, and if you look at Carlisle, they're averaging 1.49 uh, expected goals for as well, which again is really good. It's two teams that take a lot of shots as well. Um, they're both actually um, both in the top four for shots in the box as well, which is good to know because... It just shows how how keen they are to get the ball into the box. They go for wins in every game, especially Carlisle. They don't really care who they're playing against. They'll they'll take shots from anywhere. Uh, really high for corners as well, Carlisle, which is something that I touched on the other week. And 
I just think that it's going to be a bit of a shootout. Um, last week we had over two and a half goals in the Blackburn Norwich game, um, which copped a, a game that saw loads of shots between two teams that were at the top of the table when it came to shots, and that did result in goals. And I'm expecting a very similar game in Gloucestershire on Saturday. So both teams to score. Um, it, if you're looking at the respective like results and the home and away form for both sides, um, you might be surprised that Carlisle are not landing both teams to score that often. Uh, but that's got to change at some point for me when I'm looking at the data and the stats and how, I've watched how they play. They're quite open. They're not great at the back from what I've seen. Um, but they're more than capable going forward. And uh, the likes of Coyote, Amori Patrick as well, Alessandra. Um, and they've got runners from midfield who, who like to get involved, like Mellish and Guy. So I really like what both managers are doing. I expect them both to be in the playoffs this season at the very least. And yeah, it should be a bit of a shootout this. So 1.9 on both teams to score. Um, it should be if if this was a Premier League game, this would be around four to six. So this is the benefit of delving into League Two, something I try to do more often than not. So nine to ten, uh, both teams to score. Forest Green against Carlisle. That's my nap. Yeah, I like it. Has the makings of being a really good game. That one. Um, Will, you've been very consistent with your naps this season. What's your favourite fancy this weekend? Yeah, I'm also going to go for an EFL shout as well again. Uh, not been very continental of recent weeks, I apologise. Um, uh, yeah, I fancy uh, a, a punt in the, the Fleetwood-Wigan uh, game. Um, Joey Barton's side have recovered from a couple of tight defeats against Blackpool and uh, Northampton. Um, and yeah, in midweek, uh, yeah, so they, they, they managed a nil, I think it was nil-nil draw with um, with Pompey. They were they, they adapted their style. Um, to be a bit more like restrictive and combative. Um, there were so many, there were loads of early cards um, in that game, which somehow Joey Barton of all people managed to keep a lid on for <laughs> for Fleetwood and in the second half. Um, and yeah, it was just another resolute defensive display. That's been one of their key um, key features this season. And um, at promotion rivals, um, which they almost and they almost won this at the death actually with a James Hill header um, late on. But um, yeah, they've now got a chance to kind of take build on that draw and open up um, poor Wigan, poor old Wigan side who are just um, not having the greatest. Well, they did have back to back wins, but we'll, we'll go into those in a second. But five nil defeat to Rochdale um, in midweek and. Yeah, up against a dangerous sort of trio of Callum Camps, Chad Evans and Paddy Madden, who are just scoring goals for fun at this level over the years as well. Um, I think the fact that Wigan lost 5-0 to Dale as well, who are probably really relegation. I had them Dale down as a relegation team, so um, it, it doesn't, doesn't sound great. They conceded 11 shots on target um, against Dale, Wigan. Um, so this is this is kind of... Yeah, quite an anti-Wigan play. I mean, Fleetwood, I, I watched them against Swindon last weekend, I think it was as well. They only managed one shot on target um, and um, scoring only one goal against us would be in the most out, outside uh, team, out of form side <laughs> uh, in, the t- in the league, which we kind of ship almost just under two goals a game. So that, it wasn't a great performance for them, but Swindon can be a bit hard to predict at times. We, we dominate the ball, but most of our downfall is our own doing a lot of the time so 
I, I don't really blame Fleetwood too much. I mean, they still won that game 1-0, so they got the result. But, um, yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is you'd probably expect them to have maybe beaten us a bit easier. But, like I'm saying, most of this this nap is uh, it's quite anti, anti-Wigan, really. They, they had a 4-3 win over Accrington, um, which was rather fortunate. They scored four goals from just five on target. One was a pen, one was an own goal. Um, and that win, that win, yeah, had really helped dig them out of a huge hole that they were in sort of two weeks ago. Um, and it was off the back of a 1-0 win um, at Sunderland as well. But in that game, I think I had that as my long shot, um, Sunderland to beat Wigan 3-0. And probably on the basis of XG, I think it should have been 3-0. Um, mm. they, had one, they had one shot all game, Wigan, 29% possession to Sunderland's uh well, Sunderland had 16 attempts. So their the, the most recent victories basically haven't told the whole story. Um, and Wigan lost, actually, in the first round of the FL Cup to Fleetwood back in August. Um, both goals came from Joe Garner, who's been out of the squad for weeks now. I think still some um, debate about his future. Um, one of those was a penalty. So Fleetwood have got, got the better of them already this campaign. And Fleetwood have... Probably they're perhaps maybe the the polar opposite um, of Wigan in terms of men versus boys. I guess they they've got a nice brand of, of youth and experience. Charlie Mulgrew, a massive player for this level, um, and then just a lot of experienced players like Paul Coots and Josh Morris, Mark Duffy, plus some some young. I mean their captain's only twenty three, um, and a fair few young players dotting around as well. So they're a really balanced side, um, and I just somehow I think actually Wigan are probably overperforming even though they're, they're, they're still doing very badly um, Fleetwood's um, XG from open play is uh, they should be sixth and they're tenth at the moment so if anything Fleetwood are maybe underperforming and uh, and Wigan are overperforming um, division's lowest score is Wigan so I think that Fleetwood will probably not concede here I, I don't like betting on winter nils um, like I said with the with that Sunderland long shot a few weeks back, I just preferred the higher price with a with a correct score. Um, so I, I'm not going for a, a, um, a clean sheet for Fleetwood kind of bet, but I, I also just like the the Asian handicap again here, which is just over even money um, for Fleetwood minus one. Um, it's just it's about two point zero one, so just over evens with Bet Victor. Same price pretty much with Bet three six five. Um, yeah, up the cod army. <laughs> uh, I think there's a quite a key learning in there from you, actually, there, Will, uh, about looking beyond the final score because it does not tell you half the story when when you just look at basic results, as as Will's explained there with Wigan. The, the two wins they've had were, were incredibly fortunate. So uh, if you hadn't looked beyond the final score, you probably wouldn't have realised that. But uh, yeah, something to bear in mind going forward. But uh, that brings us almost to the end of the show. Uh, it's now open to any other business. If you've got anything else you'd like to share, which you want to share, now is the time. So floor is yours, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, yeah. I like them. Oh, go on, on Tom. <laughs> okay, mate. I actually Look wanted cool. to add to uh, the the Leverkusen game earlier, and you, you brought it up after me. I uh, forgot to say about um, one trend that came out quite nicely from that fixture when I looked at it was that Leverkusen are the second least fouled team in the league and Bayern make the least fouls themselves so you basically wouldn't expect many cards for Bayern here um there's no prices up I guess because there's no ref up either as we've we've moaned about but um 
I think if you can get anything north of maybe five to four on Leverkusen to have the most booking points, I'd, I'd probably take that. Um, and yeah, like they're, they're basically they're making three fouls per game less by an R, um, and they're being fouled two times um, more than than Leverkusen. So, so it looks like a a, a good punt. Um, and just quickly then as well, elsewhere, I'm surprised that Tom hasn't bring up, brought it up, and maybe he will. Uh, West Brom Villa. I mean, exceptional work in the other Black Country derby the other day. Uh, Sunday night is another another derby for Villa. Um, Romain Sawyer's is four to one to be carded, um, mm. and he he's he's. I mean, in recent seasons, he's been exceptionally good for cards. But it's, I kind of not really fully clear on how bookies calculate these. It differs from from bookmaker to bookmaker. I feel or. A lot of bookies actually share the same provider on on player lines. So, um, but yeah, they're um, they're maybe looking at his lifetime average because in his first three seasons he was really low on cards. He only picked up seven in 145 games, which was five percent. And then since then he's been 21 percent. He's had 37 cards in 180 games. Um, this and this being a derby and him possibly covering Grealish if he Grealish jinx inside at all at times. I think four to one is a is a big price for that. Um, uh, whereas Jake Livermore, who's similar kind of player, similar average of twenty percent um, cards per game over the last few seasons, uh, he's only thirteen to five. So four to one on that. Uh, red card is nine to two. Villa are drawing huge sixteen fouls per game against them. Uh, four more fouls than any other team are getting against them in the league, which is madness. Um, probably helped by the fact Wolves committed 23 fouls against them last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so I, I, I like cards in that game and um, particularly for, for West Brom. Uh, yeah, that's it really for me. Okay, Tom? Yeah, just, just on that buy-in start, that is interesting. I, I wonder if the fact that they've committed so many players forward the, the fouls that they do make are kind of guaranteed yellow cards from like a, a cynical foul stopping the opposition on the counter-attack. Um, I often see teams who make loads of fouls not even pick up many cards just because they're, they're different types of fouls if they're in a low block. It's just niggly stuff just to stop the game. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to look at the game in France on Saturday between Nice and Lyon. Um, not sure on who the ref is at the minute, but um, if you can get odds against about both teams to have over one card in this game, um, it looks like a good thing to me. This exact bet has actually landed in 87% of Lyon games this season. And given that the the, uh, the French league's been going on longer than most, I, I think that's about what, around 17 or 18 games in now, there must be around halfway through that season. So, um, given that strike rate, if you're getting odds against about that, that looks like a good thing um, because it's it's actually landed in quite a few Nice games as well. Uh, 57% of their home games, it's also landed. And they love a card as well, Denise, looking at that. Uh, they've only failed to pick up a card in one game all season. So, uh, yeah, it might be a bit ref dependent. Um, I just checked it's 5-6 to six with William Hill. Uh, but I'd expect that to be bigger with a with B, with a Bet365 possibly. Uh, maybe check Bet Victor as well because if you can get odds against about that, that's one that I've got my eye on um, for cards. But I'll 
I'm sure that'll be something that'll be going in the Telegram group if we um, get some details on the referee. Yeah, good stuff. I'd agree with that one too. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening and thanks for your efforts too. Uh, just to let you know, we will be covering Boxing Day football, the Boxing Day card. We're planning to record probably Christmas Eve. Uh, so watch out for that on Christmas Eve afternoon. Uh, and we're also potentially looking to cover the new year football too. Uh, so basically business as usual to a certain degree uh, from our end, but uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But uh, yeah, as always, thank you very much for listening. Please do let us know if you've enjoyed the show or if you've got any feedback too. And of course, any social media shares would be hugely appreciated as well. But uh, for now, thanks very much for your time. And thanks again to you, Tom. Cheers, mate. And to you as well, Will. Thanks, guys. Listen to Wham. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, This has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Thank you very much. Cheers and good night.